Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Thanks for joining us in this episode of Informatics Bites, the podcast where we talk with our members about innovation in pharmacy, hot topics and information and new technology. My name is Julie Puala, and today we will be chatting with Maritza Liu, Core Systems Manager at El Camino Health, and Seth Hartman, Executive Director of Pharmacy Informatics at the University of Chicago, about staying current in healthcare information and technology, and what leadership strategies and skills are needed to accomplish this goal. Thank you for joining us today. Maritza, to start off, can you please describe your career journey in informatics and technology? Good afternoon, Julie. Yes, my career started a long time ago where I had the opportunity after residency and working in the clinical world of moving here to the Silicon Valley. When we first came to the Silicon Valley, my husband had asked me, what is your goal? And I said, well, every five years, I want to learn a new computer system. And as it would be, I started to get involved in different projects because you have to remember uh, back in the 90s, we didn't have a lot of systems in place. So just being willing to take on something like implementing the automated dispensing machines and from there just growing to building up EHRs and having built now my fourth EHR, not only beginning as a system analyst, but actually managing the core clinical applications. So my journey has been about uh, being at the right place at the right time and also being really curious about how everything works. Seth, uh, my colleague, how has your journey informatics come along? Yeah, thanks for asking, Maritza. I had a bit of a very entrance into pharmacy informatics. So I Came out of pharmacy school, graduated with my PharmD, and at that point had been working for a hospital in uh, Liberty Hospital in, in northern Kansas City for about six years at that point. And so they really wanted to retain me. So they made me an offer for a clinical pharmacist position. And I, I spent time there kind of rotating through coverage on the floors. I did a little bit of oncology coverage, spent some time in the ICUs. We just kind of did all different coverage. It's about 250 to 300 bed community hospital, Liberty in that Liberty area. And at that point in time, we were on paper. And I remember that there was this big team and everyone was working on our transition over to an electronic health record. And I got pretty excited about it. Um, I'd always been the guy that fixed the printers and did a lot of work with the ADCs and, and all the other things at the pharmacy. And so I asked if I could help test. And so I got to do a little bit of testing. And then through the goal, I helped in cut over conversion. And one of the things they quickly noticed was that I was quite adept at breaking the system. And so they trained me shortly after go live to learn how to fix some of those breaks. So then I started splitting my shifts, work 10 hour shifts at a time. So like six hours clinical and then spend the last four hours of my shift kind of doing order entry verification when my clinical duties were done and then touching up order sets or doing build in the system. I found I just had a real passion for it. And so I started to cast my eyes around and look for where I may have a good fit to kind of transition into an informatics pharmacist role. And one of my colleagues had just previously moved out to Oregon, to Oregon Health and Science University, and she was taking on the Beacon project there in their Epic install. And she said, hey, you know, that we just had an informatics pharmacist leave. Why don't you take a look? And so I uh, applied and uprooted from my Kansas City roots and moved out to Oregon when I got the job. And I spent 
five years there as an informatics pharmacist. And then the last couple of years uh, had transitioned into management. While I was there, I decided I wanted to learn more leadership skills. So I applied and, and went through their MBA program and graduated with my MBA there in 2017. And as a part of that, the pharmacy department recognized some of the leadership skills that I had, and they moved me into first medication safety manager, and then added the drug information service underneath my belt, and then moved the pharmacy informatics team back underneath me. So all, all told at the end of the day, I had about 25 resources there and, and really kind of solidified some of my leadership skills and my pharmacy informatics practice and got well-rounded with medication safety and informatics. About 2017, as I was graduating with my MBA, my current boss here was looking for an informatics pharmacist to lead the team, somebody to step into at that time, the director role. And he got my name from surprisingly the same colleague who pointed me out for Oregon. She tossed my name in the ring for him. And so he and I chatted for a while. And eventually I made my move over here to Chicago so that I could help uh, design and implement some outpatient pharmacy systems and kind of strengthen the platform that we're working on here as we're integrating other health systems into our sort of ecosystem of devices and EHRs and all those pieces. So now I've been here for about four and a half years. I recently moved to an executive director position as I'm taking on more of a system role, uh, looking over multiple hospitals and systems and helping build teams across sites. Uh, and it's just been really fun seeing the change over time and the ways in which informatics has grown and how I've grown as a person from an informatics pharmacist into my first manager jobs and now into director level positions where I have other leaders reporting to me. It's just been really fun. And the number of people that I've got to make connections with and help along the way, has just been really meaningful. Ritza, can you start us off on the next topic? What leadership strategies and skills do you feel are needed to keep up with the ever-changing healthcare environment? Yeah, sure, Julie. That's a great question. And when I look over my career, I would say that the main thing is to be resilient and to, of course, put some things into your toolbox. So for me, Having a PMP, project management professional kind of background, has really helped me organize how to get project done. And as some of you know, I'm a real big advocate for getting things done. And uh, I think that along with David Allen and now Cal Newport, time blocking. One of the things that I've learned is to keep up with everything. It really takes discipline. And so over the years, productivity has been one of my fun things to do. I know it sounds crazy, but I really do enjoy blocking out time to read. I'm a voracious reader. And just to keep up, I think just to grow that skill, you can really make a difference. And uh, one of the things that Cal Newport also talks about is deep work. So as a leader, not only do I try to use all of these different skills and things that are being taught, but I like to share them with my team to kind of see how we can get more things done and keep up. What about you, Seth? What do you uh, find are some leadership strategies and skills that you've incorporated over the years? Yeah, thanks, Brent. I, I have to copy one directly from you. It's something you really helped instill in me over our years together working at ASHP was reading. There wasn't a, a moment that went by that you weren't either touting some really cool new article or book or to me. And so I just, I really appreciated you kind of pushing me down that direction of the journey because it has been huge. So thank you for that. And second, I think one of the things that I'm learning to do, and I, 
you know, I say learning because I've been doing it for years, but it's something I, I feel like I'm always trying to do better at is keeping both a pulse on what's happening internal to the health system as well as what's happening external. And both of those can be challenging in their own right. But in terms of keeping up with the, the sort of ever-changing healthcare environment, if I can keep a pulse on what our current pain points and pressures are internally, then I know what areas I need to kind of point my team at or, or what areas I need to prioritize in the work that we're doing so that we can make the right changes and make things move forward, right? So, you know, most recently we've been doing a ton with the pandemic and, and vaccines and now these new therapies that have released. And so, um, you know, we're certainly like reorganizing work and putting team members to value on that, but we don't want to lose sight of other changes in the industry. And so trying to make sure I'm tapped into sources external to me. So both authors that write content that I really care about, or, you know, reading articles from people who are publishing it and keeping up with the latest copies of HHP. Those are all really important. And then I, I just subscribe to a whole bunch of email blasts that come out from all sorts of different organizations that I spend about 10 or 15 minutes every morning, just sifting through them and opening up tabs for related content that I think I need to know. And then I am subscribed to a lot of emerging technology blogs that I like to keep a pulse on. And I look at any sort of new tech that's coming out in the pharmacy space or anyone marketing really hard in the pharmacy space. And then I can try to dive in and see what systems of tech they're using so that I can start to understand what's giving them a competitive advantage and what are the applications or tools or skills or things like that that they're doing that they're touting as setting them apart so that I can bring that back into my leadership team and start to talk about it. And I find sometimes our pain points align really clearly with some of the advances that are happening in the industry. So somebody may be solving a problem out there that multiple pharmacies are having. And so then it's good for me to be able to bring that in so we can have a good discussion with other people, other vendors, or our vendors that we already have on site about what we can do for these challenges. So that's some of what I do. And, and the other thing I think in terms of the leadership strategy is I, I continue to try to convince myself every day that there are many, many things I need to learn and to continue to have a learning mindset instead of getting into the space where I think I know everything. It's a comfortable space for me to be in to think I know a lot of things and I, and I know how to do things. And as you progress in your career, I think some of us start to get really comfortable with knowing the answers all the time. And so I try to challenge myself to say, no, I, I knew the answer yesterday, but do I still know it today? And what do I need to know to reaffirm that answer today? Again, I've worked with these systems for years and years and years, so it's easy for me to jump to conclusions or jump to assumptions about the way I know something should behave. But these change, and I'm not always on top of every single individual change now that I'm not working with the system myself every day. So keeping myself in that learner mindset and really challenging myself to stay there has been really helpful. Challenging, but helpful. Thank you. And then on to our next topic, Maritza, how do you stay current with the changes in managing healthcare technology? Yeah, uh, similar to what Seth just said is tapping into resources different externally as well as inside. But to add to what Seth says, I actually make sure I round in our hospitals, in our, we have a couple of hospitals to kind of see how things are going. But in addition to that, I make sure to make connections with other leaders in the hospital outside and within our hospital, our clinics, and then outside. One way that I would have to say that makes a big difference for me is actually my ASHP professional home. Having been part of SOPIT and surrounding myself with like-minded people has been 
really interesting. But I think like what Seth say, said is that to have a learning mindset and to really ask questions and know that no question is a stupid question. And if I don't know what something means to ask, because there's so much to learn. And I will have to say that I also subscribe to different news, health news, but I actually, you all think this is crazy. I wake up an hour earlier to read through and peruse even uh, newspapers, articles, Harvard Business Review, just to keep the pulse on things because things are changing. And with the pandemic, we really did see that. So very similar to what Seth said. And while I know, Seth, you did kind of share how you do that, are there any other ways that you currently manage healthcare technology changes? Yeah, thank you, Maritza. Yeah, yeah, I kind of did dive into this on the last question a bit, so I don't have a, a ton else to add. I did really love one thing you brought up there about the professional home and integrating within SOAPIT. I think it has brought me so many connections to so many people, first off, to bounce ideas off of and have this community with which I can address issues or discuss new challenges or see what people are doing to deal with things, but also a way to consistently add my own expertise or my own knowledge back into the literature or the environment in which others are trying to learn and find this too. So it's it's a sharing environment that's been really helpful. And it's it's an environment that's really cultivated a lot of good friendships and a lot of good knowledge for me and knowledge for others throughout the industry. In terms of anything else that I do, I really think you covered it, Maritza. It sounds like we have similar routines. I, I'm envious that you are able to get up an hour early. That seems really challenging, but <laughs> it, uh, it's, it sounds pretty great. Thank you. The next question is, what advice do you have for individuals who feel like they're struggling to keep up with changes in healthcare and technology? Maritza, you want to start us off? I would say that the one advice I would have is to make sure that you maintain work-life balance. When you do feel that there's a lot going on and you're overwhelmed, there is a lot going on. But to really know where your boundaries are and to set those for yourself. And once you do realize like, yeah, there's a lot going on, I would say that it's really important to just find the positive of reaching out to other people to catch up and know that you're not alone. Um, I think that many of us find ourselves in that position when we have deadlines and we have news to read and we're just really tired. I think what I would say is when you get to that point where you feel like you're just really tired, go to sleep. I know that that sounds crazy and really simple, but when you're tired, you just can't keep on going. So what I would say is really take into account your rest, your water, your hydration, your exercise, and all of those positive things you learn from neuroscience, and then you can put your best foot forward. I would say that over the last 35 years, if I had to tell my younger self one thing that I would do differently to keep up would be to rest. And I know that sounds crazy, but at the end of the day, that's what has really made the difference for me now as I end my career and carve out time for not only myself, but for the things I enjoy, like reading and keeping up with technology. I just signed up and actually I'm in the middle of taking a class on AI in healthcare through MIT. And I will tell you that learning when you really want to learn makes 
the biggest difference in the world. Seth, what do you have to give our fellow listeners as advice that you've learned? Yeah, thank you for that question, Maritza. And I have to agree with you wholeheartedly here. Self-care is so important today more than ever, but especially if you feel like you're struggling to keep up. I don't think anyone is going to know everything. It's just not possible. And if you're putting that sort of pressure and that responsibility on yourself to be the sole source of all of the updates and changes in healthcare and technology, and you're not relying on others, and you're just pushing, 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 you're, you're going to feel burned out. You're going to feel overly consumed with it. And it is really hard to learn and retain anything when you're in that state. So uh, I completely agree with you. Self-care first, make sure that you're rested, make sure that you are exercising, that you're getting out and eating healthy and, and doing the things you need to do with your friends or your community that make you feel connected and make you feel seen and spending time with loved ones. Because that's it's so important to being your your whole self whenever you're trying to go into that learning environment. Because otherwise, at least for me, I'll feel like my brain is uh, just going 20 different directions with all the other things that I need to make sure I'm doing and I can't focus. And so the time that I'm spending is taking even more time to do the learning I need to do. So that's first. And then second, you already touched on this as well, but none of us are in this alone. So make connections, reach out to other individuals who may be dealing with similar situations attend learnings and things like that where people have already sort of distilled large sets of information into bites like this podcast or others that you can more easily digest. Like there are some ways in which you can get larger scale information and quicker inputs. And so find those that work for you. But yeah, self-care is definitely number one. Otherwise, it's really tough to do just about anything else. Thank you for that great advice that I know that many of the members and colleagues will need. And I know for the last question, we touched on this really briefly, but Maritza, can you start off by explaining how ASHP has contributed to your ability to keep pace with changes in technology and its effect on healthcare? Yeah, Julie. ASHP has been my professional home for over 30 years. And in that time, I have to say that the community that ASHP has provided me and the opportunities to do things outside my comfort zone, like talk on this podcast <laughs> or to present. But what it has given me is not only confidence, but it's given me so much more than anyone could imagine because I've connected with some really good people who have enlightened me on things that they're doing at their hospitals or they've shared experiences that I can learn from. And so what I would say is that ASHP, and especially our section, I'm so glad that I was able to see our section created over the years um, because it allowed me the opportunity to surround myself with very like-minded people. And uh, it's been a very rich and fruitful uh, organization for me to grow. And Seth, I know you and I sat on the executive committees together, and we've learned a lot together. What else would you add has ASHP contributed to your ability to keep up with changes? Yeah, thank you, Maritza. And I treasure the time that you and I got to spend together on the committee, and honestly, all the time that I've been able to spend on the committee and with everyone at ASHP. ASHP has contributed a wealth of individuals who are interested in the same topics as me. You might be surprised, but sometimes it's hard to find everyone who works in pharmacy informatics. And so having a professional home like this 
is really important to find people who are dealing with the same situations or trying to work through the same technologies as you. And so finding those people, getting to spend time with them, both inside and outside of work and getting to work with them and contribute with them has been huge. And so ACHP has brought me a professional home and a professional family that I can rely on. And I, I can't express truly how thankful I am. And second, ACHP does a fantastic job of organizing information and providing resources and continuing to put out things that are meaningful to my practice, to others' practice. And so there's there's this litany of work that's being done all the time that is providing great benefit for me, for other users and people that it, it just wouldn't exist without ASHP. And so many of these things would be so much harder to identify, to find, to use, and it would spend, you know, I'd spend even that much more time trying to figure this out. So it is simplified by learning. It has made it easier for me to have the right connections that I need to have. And it has benefited me time over again with the, the people I get to surround me with and the joy that I get to have with the type of work that I do and the professional community that I'm in. Thank you. That is all we have for today. I want to thank Maritza and Seth for taking time out of their busy schedule to join us today to discuss leadership skills and strategies that they employ to stay current in healthcare information and technology. Thanks again for tuning into this session of Informatics Bytes. If you haven't before, I encourage you to check out all of ASHP's informatics resources. You can find member-exclusive offerings in the Informatics Resource Center, including articles, standards, and guidelines, as well as practice tools for pharmacy informatics and healthcare technology-related topics. Be sure to follow the ASHP official podcast for more episodes from the section of pharmacy informatics and technology. Thank you. Thank you for listening to ASHP Official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official.